Welcome to the Washburn Review. Okay, so I managed to bring Whitney here on the promise of candy. I was not aware we were recording. I thought we were just getting together for candy. But Whitney, we, we need to get the podcast. We, we need to record the podcast, and this one's awesome! I want candy. I, 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 I got gummy worms. When did you get the gummy worms? Sometime between uh, three hours ago and three months ago, somewhere between there. I bet they're not even the good kind. They're probably not even sour. They are sour. They're sour? Yes. Where? Right here. How you doing over there, Whitney? Better than you. Now that I have worms. I no longer have my gummy worms. Well, well, well. <laughs> How the tables turn. Alright, so are you ready to talk about this week's topic? Now I'm ready. Science. She blinded me with science! <laughs> Alright, so this week, we've each chosen uh, three topics to talk about that was kind of science-related. Okay. We came up with three categories for each of them, cold, conspiracies, and compounds, and our goal is to explain them or teach them to you in under a minute. Our goal this week is to tell you something that you may not have heard this week. Uh, yeah, may not have heard this week. Yeah, you may not have heard before. Okay. So, mind if I start off the first category, cold? Sure. Okay. So first, I want to geek out about liquid oxygen. That sounds pretty cool. It is very, very cool. <laughs> very. You never think about the air we breathe as something that could just slosh around in a bottle, but like all gases, if it gets cold enough, it will become a liquid. This baby can do everything. Burn stuff, define Madame Curie, and get a job in the Air Force. <laughs> it's more capable than I am. <laughs> but yeah. Basically, you get some oxygen gas and use a coil to submerge it in liquid nitrogen, which is super cold. And after about five to ten minutes, then you just put it in a flask like you would your morning tea. But yeah, super flammable. This stuff could catch anything on fire. Wow, like, like what? Steel, hmm. iron, stuff you wouldn't normally think of as something that would catch on fire, but it has commercial uses because you can... It's a lot easier to carry liquids than gases, so if a hospital out of the way needed some oxygen gas for breathing, you could just transport it as a liquid. Uh, didn't they use liquid oxygen uh, for space shuttles to ignite the fuel? I don't know, but if they did, that was awesome. I, I think they did. Huh. Well, it also has sent people into space. Apparently. Go liquid nitrogen. <laughs> yeah. Go liquid oxygen. oxygen. Sorry, oxygen. <laughs> it's blue. It's my favorite color, so... Uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, we were recording for 40 minutes when we realized that uh, we weren't recording anymore. So we're back now. It's okay, Whitney. It's okay, Whitney. It's okay, Whitney. Just enjoy the gummy worms. Everything's fine. Do you want? Do you want to talk about? Yeah, do you want? Do you want to talk about ice cream? I think I, I think it's a good topic to chill to. Fight me. <laughs> This better be good ice cream. Oh, this is good ice cream. In fact, 
It is glow-in-the-dark ice cream. Minutely interested. Go on. Okay, so this is ice cream made with a protein from a bioluminescent jellyfish. What it tastes like, jellyfish? Asking the real questions here. I, I'm not... I, I, I don't know what it tastes like. Primarily because it is $225 per scoop. I don't know. I think if we both... You know, split the cost. We both split the cost. We yeah. could get we could get one ice cream scoop. We could. Although, interesting thing, it reacts with your tongue, and it actually begins to glow more when the more you eat it. Do you think if I like had an entire bucket, like I mean, I'd be broke, but also if I had an entire bucket, I could be visible from space. <laughs> that, would be, that would be funny. It was just I uh, just. Imagine the astronauts looking from space, and they see, okay, there are the lights from New York City, there are the lights from San Francisco, and that right there is Whitney. Yep. <laughs> that would be fun. I want to just be a glowing dot on Google Earth. Oh, yeah. It's my goal in life now. Mm. Alright, so what is your second bit? So do you have anything as cool as ice cream to talk about? I'm ignoring that pun, <laughs> but... While this isn't cool, like ice cream, I'd say it's pretty awesome, because it's kind of a conspiracy theory, and nothing is cooler than conspiracy theories. Okay, go on. Okay, so it's called the Bloop. Mm -hmm. First of all, I want that to be my superhero name when I <laughs> inevitably get powers. Oh, yes. Yes. And second of all, it's called the Bloop, because back in 1997, there was this massive, long loud sound as stations thousands of miles apart from each other picked up and nobody knew what it was. Really? Yeah. And the, the, the size of the animal that would justify this loud of a sound would be beyond anything we have here on Earth. So, I mean, understandably, people were excited. Yeah. A little scared, too. But you know what really fueled the, the conspiracy theories? What? The point of origin for this sound was about 1,500 kilometers from where Cthulhu <laughs> comes from in the H.P. Lovecraft story. Oh, really? Yes. So everyone was like, it's proof. <laughs> <laughs> Case closed. Oh, that's funny. I mean, eventually it was decided it was probably ocean ice breaking apart because it was really similar. I mean, a much it was similar to the ice breaking off a glacier, just much, much louder. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they've never been able to find a sound that loud since, so they can't say for sure. That's so, interesting. I'm choosing to believe the Cthulhu. You're choosing to believe the Cthulhu one? I think that that's the most accurate, with the given information. Well, I mean, you know... <laughs> hey, I refuse to get eaten by a massive monster from the depths, because I didn't take a warning when it was given. <laughs> From the bloop. From the bloop. From the bloop. From the That's great. just fun to say. It is. <laughs> okay, so my... Um, I don't have a topic that is specifically a conspiracy. Okay. But I can talk about nuclear fusion. Specifically, the ITER project. I-T-E-R, or International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor. You know what that sounds like? What? It sounds like the particle accelerator from The Flash. <laughs> it sounds. That's what that sounds like. I, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> kind of. So it's it's designed to uh, produce power, actually. So over the course of about 20 minutes, it would use 50 megawatts of power and produce 500, creating a tenfold increase in power. 
So when is this going to be implemented on a national scale? So, um, the construction is actually scheduled to be finished in 2021, and experiments are going to... Well, the initial experiments are scheduled for 2025. So in 2025, we'll have the Flash. Is that what <laughs> you're telling me? I am not saying no. <laughs> a follow-up question to that. Yes. Would the Flash, when we inevitably get him, Yes. Will he look like Grant Gustin in this universe? Well, given that the, uh, the construction being finished is just around the corner, I'd say uh, we'll know in a Flash. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my last one okay. for the compound category it sounds tedious, but it's called computational gastronomy. Okay. Okay. First of all, it has to do with food. So we're back on the back on food. Okay. Yeah, back on food. <laughs> um, it is the use of data sets about food compounds to change the way we experience food. Okay, like what? Okay, so let's just say, and this isn't a real example, but let's say something like hummus and Coca-Cola. They'd be disgusting together, or so you think. After examining their compounds, it turns out they're very similar, so you'd actually be able to pair them. So that way, after we get data sets on all sorts of food, we can make combinations we wouldn't have originally thought that turn out to be fantastic. Interesting. I mean, the main trouble with it is when you add heat and start adding things, you know, compounds change. That's how chemistry yeah. works and cooking works. So it would be up to a scientist to figure out how to keep those compounds that you wouldn't have thought would work together the same, mm -hmm. while, like, even when it's cooked, and a chef to make sure that it's put together correctly and in an edible fashion. Because, let me tell you, I know so many science majors who... I think they're going to die of a sodium overdose from all that ramen. Well, I don't know about... I don't know about die of sodium overdose. I would. I'd say that. You sure? Yeah. I, I mean, you know. <laughs> okay, so my last topic. Have you ever heard of azetoazide azide? No, but can it be my band name? It, it could. It would die. <laughs> Your band name? Yeah. I once, I, I just wanted to be my band name. Like, Zito is taking the stage. You can't, I mean, like, that, that first little bit, uh, the first word, I, I kind of stumble over it, you know? I don't, I, I don't know, I'm telling you, it sounds like an 80s rocker band. It, it does, it does. Like, I would not be surprised if that was. Like, Azito is going to start doing, like, Devo covers or something. Yeah. Azito and the Azides. <laughs> there we go. I think we made a band. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Why are you How looking are you? at me pleading? Like <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Azido Azide Azide. <laughs> this is a compound that is very, very dangerous. Yes. Go on. Okay. So. Nitrogen usually likes to be in its... N2 nitrogen gas form. So just two nitrogen atoms triple bonded together. It's very stable, and if nitrogen is not in that, it would prefer to be in that. I breathe it, so I hope it's stable. Yeah. This compound has 14 nitrogens. So what you're saying is if I blew on it, 
it'd probably fall apart. Oh, you, you don't even need to do that. It'll explode anytime. It, it explodes when you put it into a flask. It explodes when you dissolve it in something. It explodes if you leave it on the shelf. Will it explode if I look at it wrong? It'll explode if you turn on the lights. <laughs> oh, so it's me in the mornings. <laughs> hey, my roommate's will attest. <laughs> well, this thing, um, this thing is extremely explosive. One scientist actually said uh, that it was so explosive that, quote, is on the verge of not existing at all. Could you imagine working with this thing? I kind of, this is, sounds terrible and it makes me sound kind of like an airhead, but I kind of want there to be a reality TV show about these scientists. <laughs> about these scientists? Just like hanging out in the lab where like, like they keep getting ruined takes because there's explosions in the background. <laughs> or they're just like, we're going on a date but they accidentally brought some of the chemical in their clothes. So just, oh no. Their nice date lab coat got blown up. The date lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the least holes. <laughs> or the most holes. <laughs> So I, I can just imagine, like, uh, the scientists, you know, they're talking, when suddenly you hear a bang, and then they just say, oh, no, it blew up again. Yeah, oh, well, starting oh, over. Oh, no, starting over. Gotta make it again. Let's break everyone. <laughs> Gotta make a new batch. Aww. So, this thing, I, it blows up with the smallest possible measurable increments of shock and friction. So, so one scientist actually said the sensitivity is beyond the capabilities of measurement. Again, me in the mornings. <laughs> this, thing is a, this thing is so dangerous. Okay, so, if you were one of these chemists, would you want to work with this? Yes. Yes? I'm considering getting back into chemistry now, just so I can have a major that justifies me working with this. <laughs> like, I want to find the head chemist on this project and shake his hand. I, if I... If I worked with azetoazide azide, I would hope that I still had hands. <laughs> so, what is our question of the week? Our question of the week is what is the worst science you've ever seen on TV? Okay. Like, this is just wild science, but like, worst example of science, it's not actually possible. Okay, so, um, do you want me to start or do you want to start? You go. Okay, so, um, I love Star Trek. Mm-hmm. However, I agree. I love it too. Mm, sometimes, when sometimes there's some science babble, sometimes they need science to go where the story wants it to go. <laughs> and so there's this one episode called "The Naked Time." Have you seen it? Uh, I feel like I've seen it, but I just don't remember it. Okay. Uh, in that episode, there is this condition that some of the crew members go on. They start uh, they start acting strangely, like uh, they start acting strangely, and uh, kind of go crazy a little bit. Eventually, Dr. McCoy finds out that the water in their bodies has started to act like alcohol. No. <laughs> That's oh, come on. <laughs> and so uh they suddenly became drunk. Just just the water became alcohol. Or just became like alcohol. It's not a thing. <laughs> okay. So, you know how I take every opportunity to bag Supergirl? The, the, the CW show? Yes. Go on. And rant about their 
questionable decision making regarding everything. Go on. This is one of my favorite individual examples. So basically there's one point where uh, the main character, it wasn't the main character, I think it was the Ted guy, was just like running around, you know, with like screaming, oh crap, we've got a radiation problem, it's emanating from this one building, uh, we can't, and then like they switch to the big screen, and it has like a little tag that says what kind of radioactive material it is that's causing all this distress. The chemical compound was sugar. Like glucose? Yes. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, I'm very concerned and regret plenty of my life choices if sugar turns out to be radioactive. <laughs> but... Oh man. Like, if it is, I've only got a few more minutes to live, probably. With how much sugar I eat, I mean... Yeah, how are you not dead? Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Supergirl, but... Um, yeah. Alright, so I haven't seen that scene, but Check that your scene... Supergirl virgin eyes. That that scene just seems like I don't know. I might I might look that up now. Oh, I might look up that scene. You, I'll, I'll send you the link sometime. Yeah. But like I like I know that part of the joke in these shows is just the fact they clearly did no research and they're just like look at us having a fun time. But I wish I just looked at them like you, you didn't even try. Like this is the show that's supposed to have aliens in it, just like. Make up a weird scribble and be like, yeah, it's alien and radioactive. You really don't want to do any research. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just... Let's go back to that whole Azita Azai. Like, do you still want to start this band? Yeah, I think I... I think I... <laughs> okay, so uh, are you saying you wanted to end this podcast on a bang? No? 